Hey, what's up, How About This listeners? It is yet another episode of the How About This Summer of Slam, and we are so excited to talk about what we have going on today. We have one of the greatest grudge matches of the last 30 years, and that is Aliens versus a Predator. Sure, this premise is crazy. Sure, this premise is over the top, but... It was a whole lot of fun to talk about these two alien species duking it out. Jordan and I have some wonderfully fun pitches for you coming up very, very soon. So, the Summer of Slam rages on with Alien vs. Predator. And now, introducing the How About This Summer of Hey, what's up? How about this, listeners? It's another episode of the How About This Summer of Slam. Summer of Slam. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And today's episode features a grudge match that was kind of not really a thing (laughs) for a long time. And then all of a sudden is a thing and also kind of isn't a thing. I don't understand where this franchise comes from. And I was trying so very different, so very hard to have an entire episode where we do not mention the video game developer Capcom, but I do think that they will absolutely come up in this episode But I have to say, the franchise we're talking about today, it's like almost not even a franchise. It's more of a concept. Yeah. Right? Well, this franchise, whatever you want to call it, actually just feels like somebody did an episode of How About This. Yeah. And was like, in like 2002, and was like, hey, in two years, do you want to make like a a film that is like, what if these two got together and fought? Yeah. It makes no fucking sense. And and it's kind of great because of that, because there is some lore there is some history with this franchise before they started like deciding to make it into movies and stuff but it was all kind of you know tangential and not really anything super super solid but before right. we get into what we're talking about today we have to announce ourselves because you know oh, maniacs tradition yeah pat ourselves on the back the weird robot milk filled android who is going to tell us that flying into that planet is not a good idea. My co-host, our co-host, your co-host, Mr. Jordan Hugh. How's it going? Oh, it's going well. And I'd like to introduce, of course, my co-host, the um, super deadly, full of blade weapons, fire goblin predator. That is Mike Stab. That would be your predator name. Fire goblin. Fire goblin. You know, all, the, all the predators have English names. Yeah, because that makes sense. Yes, totally. Clearly, they they well, they use Earth as their battleground or something. I don't uh, really. I know. mean, you got it, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much the the for these movies. There's two of these movies. That's pretty much the theme of these films. So today we are talking about a franchise, like I said, that is like kind of a franchise and kind of isn't. It's kind of a multimedia property that is always kind of been a spitball dream project, and that is Alien or Aliens versus predator it's basically a toy line on screen it's not yeah. even a thing it's toys it's they started out the history of aliens versus predators it was originally called aliens versus predator not alien versus predator which i think is what the movies are called now or what the move the two movies are called 
They're just AVP. AVP. Me. Yeah, that's AVP. right. You know what? It, in, it's in that Fast and Furious like realm of like ridiculous action movies that probably shouldn't exist. <laughs> AVP fits. Like it's in that. It's in that with like that. I don't know what else we can. Man, throw they really in there. missed calling it Two Alien, Two Predator. Actually, I also think Two Alien, Two Furious would be pretty good. I think we could oh, have a lot man. of fun with that. Man, bonus pitch. We can combine Guys, this with the Fast and Furious franchise. Imagine if it they're was, going to space. Of course they're going to space. Imagine it's FFAVP. Yeah, that makes or, perfect sense to me. Yeah, no, that really does. I would watch a movie when Vin Diesel punches the Xenomorph in the face. Absolutely. And do you know who would win in that big matchup? Who? Vin Diesel. Do you know oh, why? of course. Why? Because he's got family. <laughs> the most powerful weapon is family, as the Fast and Furious films have taught us. It ain't about me. It ain't about my family. <laughs> Vin Diesel, man. What the things what? I'm going to do for my family? <laughs> <laughs> that guy, I'll tell you, man, if he was in, he, I, I really think, well, he technically is in an alien movie called Guardians of the Galaxy, where he plays a Flora Colossus from Planet X. Mike, is Vin Diesel technically an actor? I don't know. I think he's Vin Diesel. Yeah, I think he's just Vin Diesel. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. He's a brand. He's not now. Yeah, he's kind of like he's kind of a seal. He's like a seal of Vin approval. Yeah, you know? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm. you know what? I think Vin Diesel's like a cool guy. I bet he's like amazing to hang out with, plays Dungeons and Dragons. But I've never seen Vin Diesel on screen and been like, wow, this fucking guy. What an actor. <laughs> not ever. Well, uh, he had to come up with Riddick in the D&D game. I don't yeah. know why it's my Vin Diesel voice. It's not good. I don't know. I think I find him like the least compelling of the action stars. Yeah, I, I think, you know, well, you and I, of course, we've been singing the praises of someone who's recently been brought back into the news as like celebrity good guy, Brendan Fraser. Oh, Brendan Fraser. Yeah, we've Brendan been Fraser about- is, uh, is the man. Well, Brendan Fraser, like his charisma is off the charts. And in his heyday, I think he was like way more fun and, and more charismatic than Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel is, um, he just kind of has the one character. He doesn't really do too much else with it. Triple uh, X, Dom, uh, you know, it's all the same guy. Riddick, it's all the same person. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of Riddick and yeah. everything. He's just always want to be Riddick and it's ridiculous. And Vin's best performance is as Groot. That's the best he could do. <laughs> Groot is pretty good though. Is he? He's also Iron Giant, right? Uh, Vin Diesel is the Iron Giant. Well, which then it, I'm going to give the edge to Iron Giant because that's like probably a top five film for me, like period. I actually, I think the Iron Giant might be, might be, is easily a top, easily a top five animated film for me for sure. Uh, top five film, I believe it. It's great. It's the, the best Superman movie, right? Yeah. Well, I maybe not top five overall. Top five animated for sure. You're right. It might make top twenty overall film for me. Iron Giant is very, very good. Very good. And uh, it's really... much better than the films we're going to be discussing today. No, it's way better. And we should maybe have made this show about Vin Diesel. Uh, but instead, we have to talk about Alien versus Predator, not God Fast and Furious versus Alien versus Man. Predator. All right, we'll talk about a lesser franchise. Dude, how many verses could you get in that title? You'd be Fast and Furious Listen. versus Alien versus Predator. Yeah. Actually, it should be Fast versus Furious, and they should split the cast in the Fast and the Furious into two factions, one led by The Rock and one led by Vin Diesel. Yeah, because okay. they don't like each other in real life. That's right. And yeah, Vin can be furious and Rock yes. will be fast. Yeah, that's that's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. And but who sides with the alien and who sides with the predator? Or it's oh, it's a four way uh, free for all. Well, predators are the good guys, technically. So Rock definitely goes with the predators. Oh, of and course. Vin, Vin goes with the aliens because actually Vin, not a good guy. All right. I'm going to work that into my pitch later because I have an idea. Don't right, you really? worry about this. All Don't right. you worry right, about we'll this. Hang on to that. 
So Aliens vs. Predator as a brand has actually been around for quite some time. Uh, the first Dark Horse comics started showing up in like the late 80s, like 1989. And Dark Horse ran Alien versus Predator, Aliens versus Predator comics into like 2020 when they still had both the Alien and the Predator uh, brands. And eventually now Marvel owns both of them. So Marvel, because they bought Fox. Well, yeah, so really Mar- Disney. Disney. <laughs> Disney owns. So is the Alien Queen a Disney Queen? She's a Disney princess. For sure. I mean, that's my favorite Disney princess now from here on out. Yeah, like no one even comes close. Like, what would "Let It Go" sound like sung by an alien queen? <laughs> Listeners, we apologize. Sorry, that was that was good work though. It was really good voice. Uh, actually, work. I think great. I I think we're hired. I think I think the alien people will hire us to do the voices from here on out. Yeah, and take that, Billy West. That's right. That's right. You do one voice. It's the Busby. Take that, Maurice Lamarche, and other famous voice actors. <laughs> So, so Aliens vs. Predator has been around for a long time. It's something that I experienced strangely throughout my life uh, in different times. But Jordan, what's your first and real, like, what are your experiences with Aliens versus Predator? This is like barely a thing. We all had, I think, the big toy bin as kids. We we're just like, yeah, throw all my action figures in this one bin. Yep. And despite the fact that I had never seen an alien movie or a predator movie, I had both those action figures. Me too. And um, I, I, Alien vs. Predator was not a thing when I was a child. I wasn't reading those comics. And the film Alien vs. Predator doesn't come out till like 2004, I think. Yep. yep. So I don't know. I, I, I was aware of them as toys. And then because I was trying to get into film in high school, I watched like the alien movies. And I was like, these are great. Well, two are great. You know, I I knew almost nothing of the Predator films. And in fact, the truth is, I didn't see Predator, the movie Predator with Schwarzenegger, until after I saw Alien vs. Predator. So uh, I had really no frame of reference for the Predators or for Predator. I knew as much as I could know about Alien. I even had kind of tracked like, oh, okay, cool. It's a Scott film, and then it's a Cameron action film, and then it's a Alien 3 is a piece of shit that no one likes, uh, you know, and then Alien Resurrection was like, ooh, Joss Whedon, and then I was like, ooh, Joss Whedon. Ooh, Joss Whedon. Yeah. So I was, I was all about the Alien side of it, but I really didn't give a fuck about the Predators, and when I saw Alien versus Predator, I think I was kind of angry that the Predator won, sort of, <laughs> because I was like, oh, fuck them. Fuck the Predators. I think they're hideous. Um, they are definitely... We'll, we'll, We'll talk more about that film in a moment. To be honest, I had not watched Alien versus Predator in, you know, whatever, 15 years or whatever. It's been 17 years since the film originally came out. I watched it to prepare for this podcast, but I have no real relationship with Alien versus Predator other than I think it's cool and funny and funny like stupid. Yes. Yeah. No, that's that's true. That's 100 percent true. What I totally is your relationship that. with Alien versus Predator? Alien versus Predator. So like you, I also had a toy bin. And in 1992, when I was, I had to have been in like second grade at that point in time, maybe first grade, Kenner released a series of alien figures. Okay. And everyone at school was buying them. I had no idea what aliens was, but I bought all the toys. I had every toy. And I find it hilarious that to this day, there are still like R-rated movies that get action figures and toys that are made for kids. Like going back and looking at like the 90s and looking at the toys we grew up with, I had Terminator toys. I had Alien toys. I had Predator toys. I had all these toys. And like, these are R-rated, hyper-violent movies. 
And fucking it's RoboCop so, is like RoboCop. the most violent movie ever. We all had RoboCop. RoboCop is stupid violent. Yeah. And definitely a how about this episode in the future. I think we yes, might have coming to Coming up on next season, RoboCop. RoboCop. How about this, RoboCop? Who do we know who's like a big RoboCop fan? I, th- oh, I know. God, I don't know. I, we have to think about that. We have to think about who we're going to call it. For that. Definitely strikes me as like a Charlie Rivera property. Yeah, he strikes me as like he's into RoboCop. Yeah, I he's think. probably into RoboCop. I, you know what? His his pitch would probably be amazing. So I saw I didn't see Aliens, Alien or any of the other terrible Alien movies or uh, until a little later. So obviously, in 92, I get all these toys. There was also an Alien versus Predator playset. Aliens versus okay. Predator toys. There was two of them. It came in, came with a, pre- a Predator and an alien, but it was like the, the, the typical regular Xenomorph and just the pre- a Predator. And then I had a so Predator. Those were based on the comics? Those, those were toys? just, that toy came with an issue of the Dark Horse comics. So that was probably 1993, 1994, that era. Then, and at that time, Aliens versus Predator started becoming a thing. There was an arcade game called Aliens versus Predator where you could play as one of the, um, you could play as I think you could only play as a human or you could play as a as a predator. So you could play as like a predator warrior, predator hunter uh, and then major Dutch. Uh, major <laughs> Schaefer. Dutch. Yeah. Dutch Schaefer. I think that's Schwarzenegger's character. Right. Oh, okay. and then and then, uh, of course, because it's a Japanese arcade game, Lieutenant Lin Kurosawa. So. So naturally, you have naturally. naturally. So you have uh, you have either the predator, two of the predators, Arnold Schwarzenegger, or uh, a Japanese human cyborg. So wow. that's, that's how lovely. little I care about Predator. I didn't even remember the, the name of the main human character from the first movie. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and in that game, you could play as these characters. And who else produced that game? That was a Capcom produced arcade cabinet. God was damn I, it! I couldn't. It's couldn't. another Capcom podcast. That's right, baby. We should do a series called Hat versus Capcom. And uh, just have our fun with that. But yeah, it was a Capcom produced arcade beat em up. It's actually very good uh, in terms of like arcade beat em ups go. And this was 1994 when that came out. So I had experience playing that at the arcade. And then there was an Aliens, Alien, Alien, they removed the S versus Predator Super Nintendo game, which was developed by a company called Jorudan. So that's kind of your name in Japanese, sir. No, and- it's not. How dare you? <laughs> it's true. And published by Activision. And I remember renting it on the SNES and you play as a predator and you get all the predator weapons and you're fighting the aliens. So why most of these games are called alien or aliens versus predator. I think they do that for the alphabetic, you know, the alphabet alphabetized nature of it, because the, it's always the predators versus the aliens. The aliens are always painted as the bad guys in these movies. And I played these games. I had some of the toys. I really didn't know much else about it. I had then watched the Alien and Aliens movies when I was in high school. And Alien changed my my views and my uh, taste in film. Alien to this day is still like one of my top favorite horror movies of all time. I think that Aliens is one of the best action movies ever made. And I love it. I love how it's like this kind of horror action combo. I think the Xenomorphs are really good villain yeah uh, i think they're really cool and i think the alien side of things like when alien is at its best so we're talking alien aliens prometheus because i like prometheus a lot of people oh, don't I, I love prometheus I love as prometheus. i've said many times on this show yeah i think prometheus is great when alien is doing its best work it blows predator out of the water mm. 
It's just that there's no comparison. No, there's none. It's just that when I was a kid in in middle and high school and, you know, you would go to a friend's house and there would be some sort of slumber party or something like that. Predator was like one of the movies that for some reason at all of these parties people watch. Predator. I think it's Arnold. I think it's the action side of things. I've seen Predator so many times. So Um, Predator is comparable maybe to Aliens. In fact, all these films are comparable to Aliens. The James Cameron action horror take is what all of these follow from. The original Predator film, I think, is 87 or 88. 87, yeah. Yeah, and then Aliens would have been like right before that. So they're looking at like action horror and being like, okay, this makes sense. Uh, Because there's no way Predator just happens sort of on its own like that. You know, Alien is totally different. Yes. Uh, it's much better. There's just yeah. one. It's one xenomorph. Yeah. Um, that's a way better film. Uh, but Aliens is fun sort of in its own way. It's its own thing. And all of these films, whether it's Predator or Aliens or Alien versus Predator, they all take their their marching orders from Aliens, from the James yes. Cameron Aliens movie. Yes. Yes. And I eventually had seen I saw Alien versus Alien versus Predator in the theater. The summer between our senior year of high school and freshman year of college. I remember yeah, I saw this in theater. Sure. Saw, saw it in theaters. We might have seen this together, though. I don't I don't, I don't think we did. All right. I then, think this was a film I saw with my dad. I think. Oh, OK. I think I saw this with a few friends. I don't remember who I saw it with. And I remember seeing it and being like. All right, I guess I think in the end, it's one of those things where like the concept is fun. The idea is fun. Like you said, it's silly and stupid in both a good and a bad way. And I think it's a franchise that will definitely come back now that both sides are owned by Disney and Disney knows that Alien and Predator are both major series that they can easily sell. And when Alien and Predator, Alien versus Predator comic books start to come out probably in the next few years from Marvel, I think you're going to see a push to make a new movie. Sure. Well, yeah. And, And to your point, the Alien franchise has never really stopped. Um, There's always been alien stuff. Uh, And actually, part of the challenge of going into this podcast today was like, oh, I'm I'm really passionate about Alien and the Aliens franchise. And I I really love those films, even Alien 3 to some extent. Uh, Predator, I just don't really like. I don't really like the Predator characters. I see what is cool about them, but I don't see how it goes with Alien. You know what I mean? Uh, That's why, like when we did the intro just a moment ago, it was like, yeah, how the fuck did this happen? Because it's like they're they're not really the same thing. It doesn't really work. They're both aliens. Well, that sucks. That's like not good enough for me. Do you know what I mean? No, and what's funny is they're both aliens, but one of them is the definitive alien because they're the one yeah. that's called the alien. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the, the word they came up for them was was xenomorph, but really it's they're aliens. That's like what you think for alien. And in fact, the predators, who are also aliens, of course, different alien race, um, they're basically people. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're they're humanoids. They use weapons. They have human characteristics. They display human emotions in the films. It's kind of just like having other humans in the movie. Uh, yeah, there's supernatural powers and all that stuff. They become fucking invisible. They have crazy stamina, speed, whatever. But like, it's 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 an it's another human. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, they do have a shoulder-mounted like cannon, and they have like some claws and stuff. Yeah, but it's like very, those are very human things. Like of course, humans would come up with that, you know. Yeah, it, the aliens, the xenomorphs, truly look like they look alien. Yeah, they have a mouth inside their mouth, Mike. Yeah, yeah, there's two mouths. There's two mouths. They impregnate That's one more mouth than I have. They impregnate people by putting an egg in their belly, and then the right. egg explodes. Well, that's that's how it, we do it normally. Oh, really? Yeah, mm. that's how babies are made, Mike. 
Oh, I gotta, I gotta relook at my health books. Oh my God. Uh, you never studied. No, nah, no, nah, I wasn't very good at, at health class. I kind of passed out. Hmm. That's a pretty bad, big, bad idea, but thanks for bringing that to my attention. I should probably look into this. Of course. So, so <laughs> I guess you like predator more than I do. At least you have something. I, I mean, you watch it at some slumber parties. You think it's fun. Tell me about that. Predator is fine. You know, I definitely prefer aliens over predator. Predator two is bad like that's just flat out a bad movie yeah. the original predator has still has that kind of like 80s 80s kind of fun to it it's got that kind of like late <laughs> later fine. schwarzenegger like <laughs> it's fine you know, it's fine it's not amazing but i mean in the end it it's something that i like science fiction a lot and it's one of those movies that's like sci-fi action not really much horror in it but there's a, a bit of an adventure to it and I think the first Predator is decent. I think it's a decent movie. Oh, I know. sure. And I think that the Alien versus Predator movies actually are hindered because they're rated PG-13, I think, in most cases. Oh, so true? it's one of those things where it's just like, oh, so you're going to take two series that are like hard R all the time, right? And you're going to convert them to PG-13 films, which I think is a problem. Because yeah. Alien and Predator is about blood and guts and stuff. Yeah, well, even just like thematic concepts that go on just with the alien species, right? The whole yeah. sort of uh, rape and impregnation and, you know, the oh, it's very gross. It's it's very, um, you know, very cringy. And Predator for the violence, but also Alien for the violence. Yeah, PG-13 does not work for this. I didn't even realize that. But now that I'm thinking back, I guess that was true. Also, yeah. <laughs> the Predator's green, uh, green blood is just hilarious to me. Yes. <laughs> Green Predator Blood, because, Green you know, Predator Blood is so stupid. But the first movie was directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, who famously gave us the Resident Evil films and I believe Monster Hunter. What a great director. Really great. He unfortunately, I don't think Mila Jojovich was in this first movie. She played the alien. Oh, she was the alien. You're right. You're right. But yeah, no, that's uh, that's one of those things, man. That's that's <laughs> that's one of those things where it's just like after seeing this and then realizing that he went on to make the Resident Evil movies or maybe made the Resident Evil movies somewhat before this oh, and made this Paul in between. W.S. Henderson's also Mortal Kombat. Yeah, that's right, that, baby. Right. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, wait. Hang on. Hang on. Stop. Did he make Event Horizon? Was that his film? I don't know. You have to look. That I, up. Yes. Anderson directed. I'm reading this right off the Internet. People at home. This is not off the dome. 1997 science fiction horror film Event Horizon. Now listen to me right now. Event Horizon is truly a terrible movie, but <laughs> I will watch it beginning to end every time it is on. I am fucking fascinated by Event Horizon. Is that a is that that's uh Sam Neill's in that, right? He sure is. He plays Dr. Weir. It's Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne doing some of the best worst acting of their lives, just hanging on for dear fucking life. I, I kind of love that. How bad is Event Horizon on a scale of like bad? Well, there's bad like from a like as a film. It's very bad. It's like a two, <laughs> a two or a three out of ten. It's a bad movie. But like on enjoyability, rewatchability, it's like a nine. It's wow. very high. It's like Sphere. Sphere is a movie I watch all the time. That's another two <laughs> or a three. But every time it's on, I'm just like, yeah, there's something about this movie. There's good actors in it. And I like watching it. It's the same thing with Event Horizon. Congo, listen to me. <laughs> Congo is a 10 on both scales. The world has misjudged it. You know what? Time's going to tell on that one. Time's going to tell on Congo. I will I will try to bring up Congo as frequently as I can. And um, Congo's a fuck, 
Amy, good gorilla, Gor- oh, good geez. gorilla. You know, dude, we, fucking, and, we dude, went we ape called, on that for our King Kong episode, and we were right, dude. We were right. King Kong spoke sign happened. language. That's what happened. He signed. He did some sign language. He did sign language. You were totally right on that. We have to have an episode where we sit down and 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 write out the things that we got kind of right. Yeah, we have been so vindicated on so many things. I know. It's like I can't wait to like some of the movies come out that we've talked about, and they come out, yep. and it's like, oh, oh, we did that. They owe uh, us some royalties. I think that Fear Street should probably send you, you know, about a hundred million dollars uh, uh, after watching Fear Street Part Two the other night. I don't think the listeners know this, but yeah, I've I've been running a a tabletop like a D and D campaign basically for a few years. It's um, been like three or four years now. Yeah, I think. Yeah, which are just like you know, it's high school kids in a haunted town and. Haunted fucked up shit happens to them, which, you know, fair enough. Fear Street did all that first and probably stuff before Fear Street did that first. But stuff happens in those Fear Street movies that I put in the game. Some of that stuff like on the spot years ago, but I have no proof. And therefore, I cannot sue Netflix for lots of money. God damn it. You know, you should just go and find R.L. Stein and be like, hey, dude, I love Goosebumps. Fear Street's all right. And uh, you took my ideas off Google Drive or something. That's right. Now, I hear R.L. Stein's a dick, by the way. Listeners, if you have this confirmed, let us know. We have a couple friends that have been like, oh, I'm at R.L. Stein. That guy's a fucking tool. Well, he did write like 50 Goosebumps books. And yeah, none that's, of them are... that's awesome. I love those Goosebumps. You don't like them? No, none of them are that good. I like Listen, stay out of the, I like stay dude, out of the basement as kids as like 9, 10, 11 year olds. Goosebumps is oh, fucking shit. Listen, for the Scholastic Book Fair. If you yeah. didn't leave the Scholastic Book Fair with at least like 10 Goosebumps books, you then failed. You were a chump. You were a yeah. Chump. And I would go to yeah. B. Dalton and buy Goosebumps books and never read them sometimes. We've gotten far off the topic. Yeah, we've, we're nowhere near aliens or predators we gotta, right we now. We got to come back to alien. Rain it in. Rain yeah, it AVP in. VG, which yeah. is first Goosebumps. Oh, my gosh. Imagine Jack Black fighting the aliens. He would Jack- win. I would not accept any other ending other than Jack Black defeats everyone. I know. As Jack Black, as R.L. Stein beats the aliens oh and God. the predators as rl stein yes yeah it's so good it's so good in his beat up in his beat up uh, jeep grand wagoneer so and then he opens a school of rock for the kids yeah yeah the alien and the predator kids who are left behind after him killing off all the <laughs> other aliens and predators there's a bunch of alien and predator wow. kids left behind that jack black brings into his school of rock and uh that's how it works Mike, I'm very turned on right now. I, I, I well, I'm glad that you feel that way because that's that's why I do what I do. Thank you. So, also with Alien and Predator, there there was a series of video games outside of the two that I mentioned. There's actually a few like Jaguar and PC games. That's where a lot of people uh, experience Alien oh versus God. Predator as well. So Jaguar. they're like, oh, yeah, don't even the Jaguars horrible what a bad console. That thing looks like a toilet and it plays <laughs> like a toilet. You know, it kind of it also kind of looks like Peacemaker's helmet, which is also looks like a toilet. So it's just a big toilet console. And the best thing about the Jaguar is that it looks like a toilet. And then you put a CD attachment into it that makes it look more like a toilet. So they they commonly and colloquially refer to the Jaguar with the Jaguar CD into it as the toilet bowl. And it's a terrible console. The Jaguar stinks. That is the. The, the design of the Jaguar is the worst thing to happen to Jaguars since like Eric Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brutal. So, yeah, no. So there was a game on the Jaguars, Alien versus Predator, and it was also on PC. So it's Alien versus Predator. So you could pick either Alien, Predator, or you could be the alien. You could be a Predator or you could be a human. And pretty much it was aliens and Predators and humans killing each other, which is always my problem with these movies in general. It's just like it's not really Alien versus Predator. It's humans versus both of them. And... Kind well, of at the end, the aliens and the predators kind of fight it out. 
so actually let's let's talk about this a little bit so so let's let's actually acknowledge the film alien vs predator right the one that we're yeah. really really discussing yeah, today. yeah yeah so i watched it like you i watched it in the theaters in 2004 probably right after high school that sounds right i think i saw it with my dad the film is not good but it is fun in a boring way it does not really do enough somehow even though it should be fucking crazy exciting it's not and you're right that is the same criticism i would levy at it is that yeah it kind of starts off as like the humans have broken into the temple how many films start off like that my god right and then yeah the aliens come for them and then the predators come in and then there's like this, oh, we have a common enemy situation. And because the predators are more human like, I guess uh, the predators and the humans, specifically the one the one human. Senna Lathan plays Alexa Woods, who's the main character. She's really the only human character of note other than Lance Henriksen, who, of course, plays Charles Bishop Wayland, which, of course, is an acknowledgement of the character Bishop that he plays previously in the Alien franchise. Yep. Um, but actually, that character is in the future because this whole series got a fucked up, broken timeline. Yeah, timelines everywhere, man. Timelines everywhere. Um, so this this character, uh, Doctor Doctor Woods. Um, so she is uh, basically an ally of the Predators. She be- basically becomes a Predator by the end of the movie, and they defeat the aliens. But at the end, oh, not really, because a chestburster comes through the dead body of <laughs> I forget what the Predator. I think the Predator's name is Scar. The only predator that that uh, whose dead body makes it back on the ship at the end. Yeah, that makes sense. And and the predator, the alien that comes out, the chest person that comes out, looks like both a predator and an alien together, and becomes the main antagonist of Alien vs Predator Requiem, which is truly a bad movie. The pre, um, the, what is it? The Predalien. Yeah, the Predalien in AVP two is is called the Predalien, and it's a it's a, that is a terrible movie. Also. Famously, and I do remember AVP 2 I, I saw at least half of it and I couldn't watch anymore, is a movie that is so dark. I don't mean dark gritty. I mean, the lighting is so bad in AVP 2 you can't see anything. And I read, uh, I think it was like a trivia piece or an article or something that was like, it was because rather than resetting the lighting to be appropriate in each scene, the director and the cinematographer were like, oh, we'll just fix everything in post. But it was so dark, they couldn't even fix it in post. So as a result, you can't see like a third of that movie. Yeah, that's a good that, plan. You know what? That's for the best. Yeah, it's probably for the better. I and mean, like Alien versus Predator, like you said, is bad, but still fun. But by the time you get to AVP2, it's it's just it's just all bad at that point. It's not fun anymore. It's not even good. Predalien is stupid. Uh, you know, obviously, well, listen, uh, Predalien was kind of cool. I will I, I will go and say this. It's a little cool. If you have the Predator and the alien and how the alien uh, reproduces, I mean, it's totally natural that the people be like, well, what if happens if, you know, the predator gets a chest burster? Yeah. You know, that's obviously going to be, that's where you're going to go with alien versus predator. But I think what's kind of fascinating is that um, even as horrible as the aliens are, um, they're part human. So we can kind of construe that the savage part of themselves are at least somewhat rooted in their humanity. So it becomes like a really something interesting. But there's nothing cool that can be said about the predators like that. So if the aliens are kind of part us, what are the predators? They're nothing. There's some outside, very noble race that, according to the lore of AVP, we once worshipped as gods. Yes. We have to just take a moment. The lore of AVP is so bad. It's like it's like one hour in. I think it's actually like one hour and one minute into the film Alien vs. Predator. Um, the character, the Italian gentleman in this movie, uh, whose name I forget, he turns to Dr. Woods and he says, it's all starting to make sense. And then there's a fucking flashback in this. No, um, no joke. There's a flashback to, I don't know, hundreds of years ago or whatever, or multiple hundreds of years ago, 
where the predators, I'm not kidding, listener who has not seen the movie, teach people how to make pyramids. Yeah. And they worship the predators as gods. And the predators give them the aliens because the predators want to hunt the aliens. And it becomes yes. like a most dangerous game situation. And the humans worship the predators as gods. They're like, oh, yeah, totally. Use our bodies to grow these fucking aliens and then hunt them. And if the predators ever lose, they have to destroy the society, which does happen. Yeah, it's bad. It's so fucking stupid. <laughs> no one even thought for a second that like, I've got a good idea for the lore. None. None. No lore. Yeah. There are yeah. aliens on Earth and predators come to fight them. No fucking lore. No flashback. Or or I'll tell you this much. Well, we'll get into pitches. I think maybe maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to get into that. But like, you know what? The predators don't got to be on Earth. The aliens don't have to be on Earth. Why we need humans in this movie at all? I don't know. Well, that's the other problem is um, normally in these monster fight movies, we're like, God, the humans are annoying. I wish they would shut the fuck up and just let the monsters fight. That is true of like when we did like Godzilla vs. Kong. We're like, oh, God, the humans are so annoying. I kind of liked the humans in Alien vs. Predator, but their situation was so hopeless for them. It was like not even worth watching. At no point did you feel like they stood a chance except for Dr. Woods, which is okay to a point. But it was, yeah, the, the film does sort of feel pointless after a while. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like, you know what, if you're going to make a big stupid action movie, just make a big stupid action movie and just like... It's 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 what we always say when we when it comes to these things. It's like we use the the Kevin Smith phrase of going full walrus. Full walrus. You gotta go. Full you walrus. gotta go full walrus. At this point, walrus. Yes. Walrus. Yes. And at this point, you you really should with these movies. But let's start talking about pitches because we've been here talking about Alien vs Predator for a while. So what do you got for me, man? Okay. How about this? <laughs> I am not classing up the joint with this pitch. Good. My film's title is AVPVR. That is the name of the movie. AVPVR. Oh, no. You know what that stands for? Either AVP virtual reality or aliens versus predators versus. No. What's the R? All right. AVPVR. And by the way, I want you all to picture the logo like this. So the A, it's got like the black slimy body. Oh, wait a second. The alien. Wait, wait a second. VP, and it's got like fucking armor plating and like the cool like uh, tribal shit that the Predators have. VR, and it's like very synthetic looking and it's dripping with like white milk. Okay, <laughs> because this is alien versus predator versus replicant. <laughs> Just... AVPVR. I was very close to thinking that it might have been um, Aliens versus Predator versus RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a better film. Now I'm ashamed of my pitch. Do you want to pitch that instead? No, I'll pitch uh, Judge Dredd versus RoboCop versus Terminator in like two weeks. Wow. You know what, though? Um, RoboCop is a little like a replicant, so I'll take half credit. All right, half credit. All right, so uh, AVPVR is set... As best as I could set it in this broke-ass fucking timeline that the alien predator universe has, because it does not really work out. And by the way, listeners, if you don't already know this, you probably do. Um, alien, predator, and Blade Runner share a timeline. That's a real thing. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, those filmmakers got together and said, "Oh yeah, these are all these are all the same version of the future at different times." But because there's been you know different writers and stuff like that, the timeline doesn't really hold together. It's a little Legend of Zelda esque, where there's like variant timelines. Yep. So my my film AVPVR, AVPVR is set in 2032, which means I am between Blade Runner and Prometheus. Yes. 
Okay, so just to give you like the overview of the timeline, 2004, 2005, that's when your AVP takes place. That's actually canonically in the film. It, it like is set in the modern time of when it was released. Blade Runner famously takes place in 2019. Prometheus is 2091 and Alien takes place in 2122. So the Alien films actually happen last. Yeah. Uh, in the timeline, which is a little weird. Uh, so I've set the film in 2032, which is, you know, basically it looks like the Blade Runner world, maybe a little bit farther along. The Terrell Corporation from Blade Runner, it's still going strong, both with its like replicant production department and its relationship with the off-world colonies. So really the events of Blade Runner have not had much effect on the, the overall world. Yeah, Blade, you know, there are still Blade Runners, but I think replicant technology has just moved forward despite any kind of humanity's push against it because, of course, <laughs> space exploration in 2032 is still limited, but it's an ever-expanding enterprise, uh, especially as materials and resources are found on other moons or planets to keep these ventures uh, viable. Here is where your Wayland yutani Corporation comes in because they, of course, are the huge spaceship manufacturers, weapons manufacturers, and they're really into space exploration. They are essentially like, Amazon and Apple got together with Tesla and they're like, yeah, we're one company now and we're the government also. So they're, yeah, like the, they're the biggest, most evil mega corporation of all time. And now they're, they have their eyes set on Terrell because they've got everything else. Now they want the replicants too. And actually, even though my film is ultimately very silly, as you'll see in a moment, this does provide the one missing link between the AVP stuff and the later alien films, which is just kind of like, Okay, we've got aliens, we've got predators. Why replicants? Where where did they come in? You know, Prometheus tried to answer this a little bit and didn't do a great job, famously, of being like, well, what has just happened? We had old man Wayland for sort of no reason. So I'm going to try to amend that. So uh, let's let's stick with Terrell Corporation for a bit. So this is for my Blade Runner, Blade Runner fans. So since the murder of its founder, Eldon Terrell, Terrell Corporation has been taken over by Ellison Terrell, who's played by Ethan Hawke. Oh, baby. Yeah. Already good. Yeah. And Ethan Hawke, he's having a hard time getting what he wants out of this merger. He's the last big company that really hasn't been taken over by Wayland Yutani. And he, he's he's the holdout. He knows how valuable replicant technology is and, and how vital it is in space exploration and manufacture. He's trying to be seen as an equal by Peter Wayland, who's played by Guy Pierce, the old man from Prometheus. It's yes. the younger version of him. And that yes. it actually works out with those years. So Guy Pierce is young guy, Peter Whalen, and his partner is Yutani. Yutani is never given a first name in this series. She's just Miss Yutani. Um, and I'm going to have her played by, no, really. I mean, I mean, the films have never given her a first name. She was at the tail end ha, 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 of, of AVP2. And then we, have, we of course, know she's the, the, the huge Japanese company that's attached to Whalen. But we don't really know much about her. I think they, they gave us a little bit more in... I don't know if it was the games or the comics we got more of Yutani, but I, I don't know much about her personally. But I, I have her played by Chiaki uh, Kariyama, who plays Gogo in Kill yes. Bill. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I, th I think she'd be just a cool addition. So, you know, they're your tech giants. They basically cornered the market on everything. And now they, they want these replicants as well. And Terrell is a holdout. He doesn't want to give them over just yet. And there's our, there's our sort of missing link of like, all right, how did these folks become interested in the replicants that will eventually become the synthetics, right? So... Waylon and Yutani basically tell Terrell in the beginning of the film that they're, they're going to get this replicant technology from him one way or another. And they're basically coercing him into selling his company, which is apparent that he really does not want to do because like his father, Terrell's a visionary and he sees replicants as being a more perfect human rather than just being slaves, which is yeah. what Waylon Yutani wants to use them for. And unfortunately, in the intervening years between Blade Runner and this movie, ABPVR, 
Um, <laughs> that is what replicants have become. Yeah, uh, they they've become. I'm wincing as I say this. They've become slaves. They're slaves yeah, more, in the off-world more, colonies. More, yeah. more like robots, less like androids. That's right. They look like us, but they're basically robots. They're the less sophisticated versions of what we see later with, you know, Bishop and and the other Android yeah. characters, the synthetics in the Alien movies. So let's bring in our, our sort of main character. Terrell commiserates with his daughter, Tabitha, who's played by Mike. Who's it played by? ATJ. ATJ. Anya right. Taylor-Joy. She's in plays, it. Plays, plays Tabitha. Good old Anya. So, you know, she's very well to do and she already works for Wayland yutani which is a point of contention. She works for a subsidiary Wayland yutani which was introduced in the animated sh- series, which takes place in the Blade Runner universe called Blackout 2022. Yep, yep, yep. The subsidiary of Wayland yutani in this case is called Shimago Dominguez, which was something that was set up as like the corporation in charge of the off-world colonies in that animated film. So I thought that filled a nice uh, mm-hmm. place in the lore. So she works for... Waylon Yutani in that subsidiary in the off-world colonies. And he's telling her that he feels like he's going to lose the company. He's going to lose his chance to make replicants really like their own superior race of being, which is, I, I think, something that they share that dream together. And she says, well, she may have found something that he might be interested in. And we're going to put a pin in that. Ooh. So let's go to the B plot. Beneath the Wayland Yatani building in New York, I guess, or possibly Tokyo, whichever, like the wherever the big you know building would be, there's a lab experiment taking place. A xenomorph body that was recovered from the events of AVP2 is being seen experimented in the lab by Wayland's chief scientist, Dr. Nayar. Nayar is going to be played by Dev Patel because he's fucking awesome. And we see behind Nayar, there's like, these glass tanks full of like failed xenomorph clones. He's just working with what pieces of xenomorph he has from whatever was left over after AVP2. He does not have anything completed. He's frustrated. He's probably been locked down there with the corpse of this fucking thing for years, like probably since AVP2 for all we know. He needs a fresh specimen to get the genetics right. And he's smart. Like he knows that he needs the chest burster. He knows he needs the face hugger. He knows he needs all the pieces of the alien to really do this right, but he can't get there. And just like in the other films, Waylon Yutani, they want the xenomorphs as weapons because yeah. they've seen what they could do in these AVP, AVP, AVP2 movies, but they, they don't have enough of a specimen to really do anything with it. I mean, if we fast forward 100 years in the future, they're going to get what they want eventually yep. in yep. Alien, but they don't have it yet. So yeah, he's out there and he's he's seeking a new specimen. So we're going we're gonna to plant that egg right where it is. Um, <laughs> up in Wayland's office, we see that he, much like Harry Osborn to Norman Osborn in the great Sam Raimi Spider-Man films, when Wayland speaks in the mirror, his father, Charles Bishop Wayland, Lance Henriksen, like talks back to him. But Charles Bishop Wayland obviously died in AVP. But he will become Bishop later as a yeah. replicant or yeah. as a synthetic, I should say. But he's like still trying to live up to his father's idea of what like space exploration, you know, could be and how uh, as we expand and go out into the universe, we can discover more about ourselves and maybe even find God and our purpose and become like masters of the universe. So he's really he's psyching himself up. So we get some we get some background, some psychosis for this guy. Right. All right. So back to Tabitha, uh, ostensibly our lead character. She is working for Shimago Dominguez. She's settling the offward colony on Ganymede, one of uh, Jupiter's moons. Right. And there's already like a whole city set up there. It's basically a place where uh, replicant slaves go to mine materials to make more spaceships for Earth or to build new cities on new colonies. But also it's a place where very rich people live and do fucking tourism like goddamn Bezos and whoever the hell else is going to space this week. So she finds (laughs) or has found this is what she was reporting to her father, Ethan Hawke, before a predator scout ship. And it's ruined. It's wrecked. But she knows that her father is looking for some interesting bargaining chip to give over to Wayland yutani so that might it might 
give him more of a partnership, more equity in this merger that's happening. And she explores the scout ship with her crew. Now, just like in every goddamn alien movie, as she explores the scout ship, the predators are all dead, but the alien life forms, the, the aliens, the xenomorphs are still lurking. And of course, we get classic face hugger sequence where they try to fight them off and they end up getting, you know, taken by the face Always. huggers, right? Always. Before she gets taken out, she does two things. She has an active camera that is broadcasting what's happening to Waylon, because remember, she works for Waylon Yutani. And Waylon realizes what she has found. The second thing is that in defending herself, maybe we can even show this a little bit later in the film, she accidentally sets off the distress signal in the Predator craft that lets the other Predators know, hey, I'm in trouble, I need help. So she basically creates that sort of inciting incident. So we, the audience, know more than these characters. We know exactly what's going to happen with these xenomorphs and the you know that whole business. So eventually Waylon goes to Dr. Nayar, Dev Patel, right, and says, Nayar, this thing you've been working on for years, we have the breakthrough, it's out on Ganymede, let's get you to the off-world colony, take your team with you, and go. So Nayar and this, this team, they go to Ganymede. Tabitha's father, Ellison, he realizes she's in trouble. He's plotting some things back on Earth as well. Nayar gets to Ganymede. He finds the ruined Predator craft. He sees that there are plenty of samples, but uh-oh, the, the aliens are, are basically gone. And now our film, the whole second act of our film or into the third act of the film takes place in the off-world colony of Ganymede, which is now becoming quickly overrun with, with xenomorphs, all right? And here's where we're going to get our ABP VR in nice. there, right? Because we, we have to step it up, right? So the situation's quickly become untenable. Xenomorphs, we're doing a whole fucking alien movie in the second act of this film where xenomorphs are just taking over this off-world colony. People are getting fucking killed by these aliens. They're getting the, the face huggers, all that shit. And Patel has gotten, you know, he's 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 gotten his samples. Dr. Nayar's gotten his samples. But now it's like, I don't know that I can get out of this planet with, with the xenomorphs everywhere. And also I have kind of an obligation because Nayar's not a bad guy. He's conflicted. He's like, I, I feel like we should try to like help these people. So he contacts Wayland. He tells him what the situation is. And Wayland realizes he needs Terrell to activate the slave replicant population to defend against the xenomorphs, or they're going to lose that colony and Dr. Nayar is going to die and he's going to lose all that work, basically. And Terrell at some point also realizes that his daughter Tabitha is caught up in this. So Terrell is also going to travel to this planet, fast travel to Ganymede. I'm sure it all takes a fucking hour. I don't know. Yeah, that's how space works. I, yeah, I didn't figure out that part of the movie. It's all right. Doesn't matter. Uh, no one has in any movie. You know what? I have a good idea for later. I'll, I'll worked throw it in, in later. Worked in Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Baelish and, and Varys can just go around anywhere they want. It's fine. Exactly. You can move a fleet of a thousand ships in one episode. It's Listen, fine. man, f fast travel is very important. As any good video game player knows, you need exactly. some fast travel. That's some right. fast travel. And D&D and &D for that matter. Of course. Well. All right. So the Predators have heard the distress signal and they send a fucking Predator mothership. All right. A huge ship. Okay. That uncloaks and it just appears above Ganymede. And then the Predators descend because this is the great hunt. Okay, the aliens have wronged them. They've killed one of their champions. And you know what? They're going to wipe out the xenomorphs that are here. So Terrell lands or maybe shows up in Ganymede. And it becomes pretty apparent to him from what he's hearing from Waylon Yutani that they really just want these xenomorphs to be weapons. And Terrell is kind of like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm not helping. And the replicants basically on his order, uh, instead of just defending the colony, begin an uprising. <laughs> Okay, so now the replicants are basically like in it for themselves. This is gonna be the first great replicant uprising. This is real bad press for Terrell, but that's okay. So now, equitably, we have alien versus predator versus replicant, 
And we have our couple of human characters that just they're just running around trying not to die. I'm going yep. to give Dr. Nair uh, a pretty, pretty good odds here. So this is my coup de grace towards the end of the film, right? So uh, Tabitha has been alive this whole time. She's been running around with Dr. Nayar trying to survive and she's having chest pains. And you're like, oh, shit, I guess they, they did get her. They did, you know, face hug her and she has one of them inside of her. And the chest burster comes through. And instead of being a Predalian, it's a Replalian. <laughs> it's a Repalian. It's a rebellion oh, it's a because rebellion. as it turns out, Shabatha being Terrell's fucking daughter, she's a fucking replicant. But she didn't know until that moment that when she was a replicant. You, when can you shoehorn Jared Leto into this as we Mr. Get replicant him. man? We can get him. We can get him yeah. in there. Yeah, we can get him. So in there. so the re- the rebellion, the, the replalian, I don't even know. The rebellion bursts out of Anya Taylor-Joy's chest and Tabitha Terrell becomes the first person to ever survive. Oh, yeah, because she's a robot. Yeah, having a fucking chest burster come out of you. And because the replicants are somewhat synthetic, this new alien xenomorph becomes a fucking replicant alien that is like super alien, right? So that's like the big, bad, evil fucking thing that comes to get you at the end of the movie. So, yes, after various action sequences and lots of backstabbing, right? The xenomorphs mostly get put down by some like fucking, you know, grand uh, bomb or something like that from the Predators, you know, very similar to what goes on in the AVP movies. The replicant uprising is squashed, damaging the replicant brand forever, by the way. Unwittingly, it seems like Terrell has made the takeover easier for Waylon Yutani. Um, and at the end, uh, I think I think Nayer and Tabitha get away, maybe to survive for the sequel against RoboCop. I don't know. Yeah, I think RoboCop's got to come um, in because he's got a he wants replicant justice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, I think the, the replicant alien is probably destroyed. But just to get that little bridge between films, we get some passage of time for the epilogue here. Could be post credits, mid credits, could just be the, the very last scene. But Wayland goes to speak to his father in the mirror and the mirror like goes back to reveal like a pod and the pod has Bishop in it from the later alien movies. And you realize that the the replicant technology has gotten to the point. This is sometime later, right? Where he can recreate his father as a synthetic uh, using Nair's foundings or using like the foundings of the idea that like, okay, we can, we can combine this technology that replicants can, can allow humans to live again. So his quest for immortality, his family's quest for immortality is, is somehow uh, vindicated in some way by this whole film and process. Is it really schlocky? Yes. Does everything quite work here? No, not really, but it's a lot of fun. Alien versus predator versus replicant. Think of the logo, big milky white replicant alien that can't be killed because it's a fucking replicant and it can plug itself into fucking computers and shit. It's going to be great coming this summer. I, I, I would watch that so much. How much, how much of that weird robot milk is going to be in that movie? Mike, I'm going to do you one better. It's weird robot milk where they like feel no pain when like robot milk is like dripping out of their limbs, but now it's fucking acid robot milk. Oh, because it's an alien. Yep. It's because it's an alien. This is genius. And I I have a scene, I have a scene, I think where like, I don't know, fucking rep alien like has fucking plugs and shit and it can plug into some computers and stuff. And they're like trying to hack the system. And Dr. Nair's like, we got to get out of here. And he's like smashing on the keys and the keys start to bleed that fucking milk blood. And it's acid (laughs) milk blood because the alien makes the machines come to life. It's like Karn Silver Golem. It takes artifacts and it brings them alive. This is this is genius. I I think you've gone you've gone mad, but I've outdone myself. I've outdone myself. This might be your best pitch. You know what? 
It is. Not since Ghostbusters has have I had a pitch this good. I think it's been pretty good. I, I would put this up against the Haunted Hotel. Wow, that's high praise. I know. Because wow. this is okay. this is high art. What you did here was high art or heart, as we like to say in, in my neck heart. of the woods. AVPVR. That's, that's my I pitch. love AVPVR. It's not it's even better than FVFVAVP. It's I'll not tell better you. than that. It's also not better than XXX versus Robocop, which should happen. No, anything. I, I think we really need to do the Terminator versus Robocop versus I forget what. Oh, Judge Dredd versus family. Yeah, family. Yeah, I throw Judge Dredd in there, too. All right. That was my pitch. What do you got? I don't have a pitch that's nearly as developed as that. So thank you for that. Um, but you came, up with, you came up with versus Robocop. So you I kind did, of won the day. I did. I did come up with Alien versus Predator versus Robocop. So my idea for, for Alien versus Predator is to finally make an actual Aliens versus Predator movie. Okay. Like to make something where, so you have, obviously it's Alien versus Predator. So what's going to happen is you got you some gotta sort save of. the thing. Oh, how about this? <laughs> so you have family. So you have this, obviously the Predators, whatever. They come to Earth. They do their thing. I think what you need to do is to start this movie is that you need to have some new human champion that kills one of these Predators, right? Okay. The Predator comes to Earth. They're there to hunt down the humans <laughs> and kill them. I didn't know who kills a Predator. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, he's like, you know what? I'm not going to deal with this. Some Same thing is like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like very similar to the Arnold Schwarzenegger story in the first movie where he hunts down the Predator and kills him after it's killed a whole bunch of people. Yeah. And he kills this Predator. And I don't know who I have playing this character, but let's just say it's The Rock at this point. Uh, absolutely, so, it's The Rock. So, so The Rock... I like, would assume The Rock. Actually, The Rock versus Predator is its own very compelling film. Well, this is kind of what that is. So The Rock fights the Predator at the beginning of the movie, one of the Predators, and kills it. Yeah. Probably with his bare hands. I don't know. He's The Rock. I think maybe punched through his skull or maybe something like that. So he kills okay. one of these. But The Rock mm-hmm. represents the human people, and he brings it to some scientists or whatever, and they start doing like some scans on what this thing is, right? And they find out that it's this predator and it's from this planet that is inhabited by all these like super, like these intergalactic super hunters, right? So the rock and his ragtag crew, because space exists in this one, you could fly through space in this one. This isn't like, you know, 1998 or 1987 or whatever, 2004. Like this is in the future, right? This, this is, is in free, the future. free space exploration, fast travel for everybody. Exactly. Everyone can get everywhere. Driving, flying through space. It's like taking an hour long drive to like, you know, New Jersey. No so, one wants to do that. No one nobody wants to, wants to do it. But you have to. Sometimes. But you have to. Like sometimes. for work or to yeah, see a friend. Exactly. Got it. So The Rock gathers a small group of people. And they were going to go to the Predator homeworld because I'm going to say these Predators wrecked these people's lives and made some real problems. The Rock's like, you know what? I'm not down with this. We're getting revenge. All right. Wait, who's in the small group of people? Can we I don't know. This right now. All right. I'm going right. to give you a few. I'm going to give you names. All right. Jordana Brewster. Done. Michelle Rodriguez. Done. Do we want to do we put him in? Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. <laughs> I think Vin Diesel is the Predator. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Yes. I think Vin Diesel is the predator. Either the predator that the rock. No, this is even better. The rock kills a predator at the beginning of the movie and then, like, you know, looks at his gear and they do that search. And this this like Fast and Furious team goes into space. Throw Gal Gadot in there as well. And uh, they go into space to the predator homeworld. Very attractive humans team. They're going to kill everyone. That's the point. Oh, so, so the humans are just going to win. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. Um, so. Okay. So this team of, of predator killers finds the, the predator planet, the home world for the predator. And they're like, you know what? We're going to get these guys at the source. So the rock and his crew of fast and furious 
uh, space <laughs> his, vigilantes, his family, yeah. his family, go to the Predator homeworld and think that they're going to take out the Predators. Little do they know <laughs> with the gear from the guy that the rock killed. Right. So little do they know the Predators like make quick, quick work of them, like almost immediately. But the Predators yeah. are facing a problem. There's a problem on the Predator homeworld. The aliens are starting to take over. Oh, shit. So the Predators find this team. But among the team, kind of like in the Mandalorian, how in the Mandalorian, when Boba Fett sees that. Whoa, when, whoa. Uh, spoilers for the Mandalorian. Ah, whatever. What are you going to do? Boba Fett's all over it. So like kind of like in the Mandalorian where like the Mandalorian Din, Din Djarin finds finds out that Boba Fett's armor is legitimate and actually belonged to someone who practiced the Mandalorian faith. When these predators capture the humans and kill a few of them, because obviously a couple have to die, they find out that the rock was able to best one of their best hunters like ever. Right. And he's right. got to be some sort of special human to be able to do yeah. this because he's, he's got the, those cool. He's the chosen one. He's the chosen human to do this. So they bring him to like the Predator King, who is obviously played by Vin Diesel and Vin this Diesel. Also Vin Diesel. Also. No, no. Vin Diesel's not the first one. I scratched that. Vin Diesel's oh, okay. the Predator King now. OK, so they bring him to the Predator King and he's like, listen, you were able to best one of our warriors. Clearly, you're an intergalactic super, super warrior, Mr. Whoever your name is, The Rock. Mike, I have to stop you. I have, yes. a, I have a question. Yes. In previous incarnations, the Predators could not speak English. Does, is he Amy Good Gorillaing this? Is this all sign language? I think there might be some sort of <laughs> device that they use to speak every language, like a chip, kind of like how Star Lord speaks all those alien languages. <laughs> so you know, the Vin Diesel Predator just sounds like Vin Diesel. Yep, but he looks like the Predator. Yeah, in full Predator gear. <laughs> That's how. It goes. And then he invites Listen, the rock. You're the chosen one. Yeah, you're, you're, you're the chosen one. <laughs> you're part so, of our family now. Exactly. Exactly. And I think <laughs> what needs to also actually, you know what? Let's scratch this. Let's No, This is great. You cannot scratch this. This is the best part of the. Pitch. No, 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 no. Oh, you're right. You're right. And I think what ends up happening is that he goes to the rock. He's like, listen, listen, rock. I need you to join the predator family. Yeah. So he goes like this to him. He goes, clearly you were good enough to beat one of our own. So now we get into a short training montage where the predators oh God. train the rock to become a predator. Wow. So the rock gets to get all the cool funky gadgets and stuff and he gets to he gets to get all the predator gear and he gets real good as a predator. Can rock's predator name be Scorpion? Scorpion. Scorpion King. Correct. Scorpion King. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what we're going to call him. Perfect. So then what ends and up Jordana Brewster is also there cuz you need her. Yeah, you need you need Jordana Brewster for uh, in this. strategic uh purposes. Yeah, exactly. She also yeah, she's, she's not also a predator but she's like you know, part of the predator team now because yeah. that's what's going to happen. Yeah. You need that for the toys. at least. Yeah, exactly. You need to have that for the toys for the band. For yeah. The for, band. The band. for the band, for the band, yeah. for the band, for the band. So you ultimately the rock ends up becoming like one of these predators as the aliens are finally making their final push on the predator like kingdom or whatever they want to call predator it. Predator children's hospital. At the exactly. End yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. The predator children's hospital. So I think most of these predators get wiped out, but the rest of the movie is the rock in full predator gear, killing like every alien <laughs> <laughs> just across the board, just going out and wiping out aliens with like claw hands and rock bottoms and giving them the people's elbow and jumping off like trees with an elbow drop oh my God. <laughs> wrestling yes. moves and shooting them with rockets because it should be dumb. 
And, and he's driving like a fucking predator car. He's, he's like driving, driving he's, dude. <laughs> dude is driving the predator jeep. At one point, he tells Jordana Brewster to take the wheel as he full body jumps through the windshield of the predator jeep to stab an alien queen in the face. Oh yes. And and eventually, it's going to be the Rock versus the alien queen. Yeah. And she's going to try to like you know put an egg in his belly, but he's like not today. And he rips that second tongue out with his rock hands. Yes. And then he strangles her with it. Wow. And that's how the aliens end up dying. A lot of the predators die. Let's be fair here. There's not many predators left, but at this point, the rock, I'm going to say maybe there's some ritual where he gets like predator blood or something, or he breathes in some like predator smoke and yeah. he gets like predator powers. Right. So he's, this, and then he's half and half all yeah, the strengths and yeah. none of their weaknesses, all the strengths, none of their weaknesses. He becomes like the prehuman and right. prehuman, <laughs> pre-human. prehuman, prehuman. So he creates a new race of these like predator human hybrids with Jordana Brewster. Of course. Right. Yeah. 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 Cause maybe he gives her some of the predator smoke or something. That's too. perfect. I have, I have, I have one of the key moments in your film. Can I just okay. ask this yes. really quick? All right. The first time the rock meets the Vin Diesel predator King, the rock takes off like his fucking space helmet or the predator helmet, whatever he's wearing at the time. And the Vin Diesel predator King using the voice translator to English, like, you are one ugly motherfucker. Yeah, it's definitely. Predator King says definitely to needs Rock. to be. A, definitely needs to be in that movie. Yeah, definitely. Predator, Predator King Diesel. That's what he K- says. To yeah, Rock. Predator King Diesel. I like this. This yeah. is better. That's this is this is where the movie goes, and yeah. eventually it'll. Also, set it his up. Predator name is Diesel. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's his Predator name, King Diesel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what ends up happening? I think we leave it open with these new race of half human, half Predator hybrids. <laughs> are like, you know, what? we're going to the Xenomorph home planet, and we're going to kill the aliens. <laughs> So it's right to everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This whole whole series is about going home, going where they're at and killing all their people. Right. It's the it's the invasion tour. This is so good. Mike, you've had the better pitch. And I I really want it to be very 2002 in terms of like the music. (laughs) So it's a lot of like weird rap metal and like Evanescence. X going to give it to to, (laughs) X going to give it to everyone. Like, that's the whole movie, man. It's like 2002 to like 2006. That's the vibe. Absolutely. That's the vibe. Can, so we get like, some, can we get some Cisco on this soundtrack? Yeah, I've not think heard that, from him in a while. I think, you know what? Maybe you put on the thong song for like a second. Like, maybe yeah. there's like a beat we'll scene just, early in the movie. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's going to be classy, though. So it's going to be like, it's the beat from the thong song, yeah. not the lyrics. And yeah, you, that's But good. you know what song it is. Mm-hmm. I like that. Maybe there's a scene in like the beginning of the movie where there's a bunch of people on the beach and the thong song starts playing. Yeah. And then a predator comes and kills everyone on the beach. Perfect. And when we get to the alien homeworld at the end, it's well, this just... is the sequel. That's the sequel. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Well, no. Can we sit a little clip of it? Post credits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Post credits. Right. And then, like, maybe you just see the alien homeworld, and you hear, "My name is Kid." Like, oh, that's just like that's the last shot. Yeah, that's good. Ball with the ball, to bang to bang. Yeah, yeah, that's how you end the predator movie. The, the so the first movie is called Aliens versus Predator. Yeah. The second movie is called. Predator versus aliens. Oh my fucking god! Yeah, wow, it's pretty good. I oh have to god. say, it's a fuck, good idea. All I can say is fuck Steven Spielberg. <laughs> That's all I can say at the end of that bitch. Wow, we we made beautiful art today. I also want a cameo from at some point. I want a Sly Stallone cameo. I don't know if he's a predator. I don't he's know the, if he's a he's human. He's the old Predator King. Yeah, yeah, King he's Rocky. Vin Diesel, he's Vin Diesel's father. Yeah, yeah. Old yeah. King, Old King Predator. I like that. Yeah, he doesn't really use a voice changer, though. You just kind of hear him go in the background. Yeah, yeah. because the whole... Pre- uh, king Diesel just kind of says, like, yeah, I was the old king. He's my dad. 
This is his, this is his children's hospital. Family. <laughs> family children's hospital. <laughs> also, too, you get to that's a little that's a little like nudge at the whole joke that the original Predator movie was supposed to be Rocky versus the Predator. Is that true? Yeah, apparently there was like a pitch early on that Rocky had to fight an alien. Oh my god. In a movie at some point and, they and settled it settled on Ivan Drago. <laughs> yeah, they settled on the Russian guy. Yeah. 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 No, but that's my movie. Aliens versus Predator. <laughs> Yeah. Yours is much better than mine. No, I'm it's not all about it. I'm, I'm all about I'm all about both of these movies. I think that we can probably find. I think that we could make a make this a, the three film franchise. Aliens versus Predators is your film. The first movie is Aliens versus Predator. OK, and, and, and then, then it's the sequel, Predators versus Alien. Yeah. So, yeah. Can yeah. the S be a two? Sure. Fuck yes. Now I'm in. Yeah. And maybe there maybe use a dollar sign. Oh, my God. Well, now it's like best picture. I know. I know. It'll win. It'll win a lot of movies. Okay. I don't know if my AVP VR plot works with what you're going for, but I think we, you should have replicants at some point. Yeah, there'll be robots in there. Okay. Oh, I mean, maybe we find out that uh, Michelle Rodriguez was a robot. I think that's probably what and happens. She like, dies fairly early, but she's not really dead. She just gets like cut in half and she has like blue, white milk blood. Yeah, I think so. And they're like, oh, man. And then we have to always oh, to rebuild you, Michelle you, Rodriguez. You think you know someone? Yeah. She comes back in the sequel. Right. Yeah. Just half of her. And half of her. Like, like spider, spider legs. legs. <laughs> yep. We did that. We did that together. <laughs> we made something beautiful. Wow. Oh, my God. I, I It's been too much. I, I need to drink some water. So we need to end this episode. Uh, yes. Uh, before we say anything else. But any, once again, thank you all for listening to this episode of How About This, the Suburb Slam Alien versus Predator edition. And boy, was this stupid fun to talk about. And once again, I have to thank the best co-host on the planet, Mr. Jordan Hugh. Thank you so much. And thank you to Mr. Mike Staub, who made arguably the best film in any of the franchises mentioned today. Hey, you got to do what you got to do for creativity, my friend. And right. I think I think we found some really great stuff today. And we will be back real soon with a few more episodes of the Summer Slam. I think we have like one or two episodes left. And then we're going to take a little break. And then we're going to jump into fall content. So season two of How About This will be starting very, very soon. And so, soon after the start of season two, the fall spooktacular. Yes, the spooktacular. All of October, you will hear a bunch of horror-related stuff. Spooky as shit. I don't know if we're going to get bonus episodes in there, but maybe we could. Yeah, hey, we could throw if we're going to have to just to cover all the Halloween things we want to do. I know we could we, we'd have to just to cover all of Halloween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. But keep on listening. We'll catch you real soon. And uh, if next time you watch an Alien versus Predator movie, just go ahead and think about those pitches a little bit more. Enjoy, everyone. Have a good day. And thank you so much, How About This listeners, for listening to this episode of the How About This Summer of Slam, where Jordan and I talked about Alien versus Predator. And I hope you had as much fun as Jordan and I had while recording this episode. I hope you had as much fun as I had editing this episode, because I don't think I've laughed harder at an episode while editing it ever. And this was an absolute blast of a conversation it was so much fun, and as we wrap up the Summer of Slam, this was just one of those episodes that Jordan and I had to do. In the meantime, if you want to support the podcast, please like, subscribe, leave a comment, tell your friends, all of that stuff makes this show that much more visible out there on the internet, and it puts it in more feeds of more people. So if you love the, if you love the Summer of Slam, if you love How About This, 
Thank you so much for liking. Thank you so much for subscribing. And thank you so much for sharing. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash howaboutthispod as well as Instagram at howaboutthispod. And once again, for Jordan Hugh and myself, Mike Staub, I thank you so much for the support. The Summer of Slam is coming to a nice end. We're going to wrap a bow on this one, and then we're going to take a few weeks off. And during those few weeks off, we're going to start recording our stuff for the fall because we have season two of How About This starting in the fall, starting in September, and then once we get to October, we're going to get into the spooky season of things. So we've got a lot of great things to look forward to on How About This. And we hope you enjoy it all.